All righty. Now, I'm going to be, I want to say this. I did not steal this from Brother, from brother Troy, uh, but, but a couple of years ago, Brother Troy gave me this thought. It was something that the Lord had laid on his heart in reading through Genesis. And uh, uh, he, he said, he, if I remember correctly, he, was, uh, he, was going, he wanted to restart and just kind of get let the Lord get a hold of him. And so he wanted to go back to Genesis chapter 1 and to start there, if you're going to start. And, and uh, he got to verse 2 and, and couldn't get past it, and uh, is what he had said. And, uh, and it's our text this, this morning is Genesis. And I say this, we... We're going to start here. We're going to be all throughout Scripture, but but uh, it's a text this morning. It's Genesis chapter one, verse two, and specifically the phrase, "and the spirit moved, the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters." Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and read it again, and pray and ask God to help us, because just like the spirit of God moved there, we need the spirit of God to move here. Amen. All right. It says, in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for what we can learn from your word as we study it. And God, I pray that as we... uh, uh, look at your word here, Father, that your spirit would just move upon, upon us, Lord. Uh, you, you've taught us, Lord, that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's our instructor. Lord, that we, each one of us as, as children of God have been given an unction. Uh, that unction is the Holy Spirit. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand and to see, Lord, the, the, just the need of the moving and the working of the spirit in our lives. God, I pray that you would help us to be tender and open uh, to, to the moving of, of your spirit and the, the preaching of your word. God, I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, you, you know that I have no power or ability of my own, uh, but Lord, uh, uh, there is power in your word. Lord, there's, there is power, Lord, available to your spirit. Lord, that your spirit can accomplish something in each one of us uh, that we cannot do. Lord, it's not something that can be made up. It's not something that can be faked. But, Lord, it is certainly something that is needed today. As I look as I look in the mirror, Lord, I, I need it. Lord, as I look in the faces of Christians all over, Lord, uh, Lord, we need you to work. God, I pray uh, that you might work amongst us today, Lord, in a great and mighty way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. There is something that uh, when I went to back, back in my years of Bible college, there was something that they taught us. Um, uh, it's called the law of first mention. Um, anytime you read something in scripture for the first time, it, uh, there, there, it bears kind of a, a heavy weight. If you study scripture, you find something that you're trying to understand. Or, uh, one of the things they say is to go back to the first time it's mentioned in scripture, and that will give you an, an, a, a greater understanding of what that word is for. Just like the word, the word love. Uh, we talk about what, what love means and what love is. The first time the word love is, is mentioned this is actually in Genesis chapter 22. Uh, it's mentioned in the, in the uh, account of, uh, of, uh, of Abraham and his son Isaac and how, uh, how Abraham was asked to take his son, whom he loved, and sacrifice him on the altar unto God. And uh, that's where it's first used. Uh, and we, listen, we know that that's a picture of Jesus Christ being crucified on the cross in our place. It's that substitutionary uh, sacrifice. First John tells us, here in his love, 
Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a propitiation uh, for our sins, as a payment for our sins. So, so that, that, that law first mentioned, we, we study the, the word love, go back, and the first time you see it is there, how Abraham loved his son. Here we're going to take a look at, at these two verses, and we're going to look, up, look at the Spirit of God, or the moving of the Spirit of God. And listen, uh, what I love about this is, is how without the Spirit of God, there would be nothing. Now we know Jesus had his hand in creation. Colossians teaches us that. John 1 teaches us that. But he wasn't alone in creation. The Father was there, the Son was there, the Spirit. That's why God said, let us make man in our image, right? They're, all three were there in creation. And listen, when I'm talking about creation, I'm not talking about some big explosion that happened millions and billions and trillions and gazillions of years ago where things slowly turned around. I, I, I believe the Word of God, amen? And so, so when it says that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, I truly believe that God created it. Now listen, the word create can mean that you can build something, invent something, but my favorite in the, in the old green, uh, they used to call it the old green booger, uh, the, the, that's what my Sunday school class called it, not me, uh, they called it, is the, the 19 or 1848 uh, Webster, no, Webster's Dictionary, and the word create, what it says is, it's to bring into existence. It's not just uh, building stuff. Listen, you can build a house out there. I can't build a house, but you might be able to build a house. Uh, uh, my son Ezra is, is, is like a genius with Legos. I can't figure out how he builds all the things that he does. And they actually, he, he, he likes Star Wars and building Star Wars figures, but not like going out and buying the Star, Star Wars thing and bringing it home. He makes it out of what he already has. Like, I don't have the brains for that. It's like I draw stick figures. You know, I, I can't paint anything. I can't, cre I can't really create anything. But my son has that ability to do that. Listen, but he's not really creating something. He, he's taking something he's seen and building it, building it out of something that he has. God didn't have anything before he created the earth. There was nothing. Uh, uh, verse 2 says the earth was without, was without form and void, but that's after he created the heavens and the earth. Uh, it, there, before, before creation, there was God, and that was it. You had God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And in his omniscience and in his power, he chose, he decided to create the world. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So now he's created the heaven and the earth. And it says, the, the next verse says, the earth was without form and void. It was not like we see it today. There were not trees. and It was not green. It was not beautiful. There was no life existing on that planet. It was, it was there. It could have been like any other planet out in the, out in the distance. There was, it was not, there was no life there. But, but the Bible tells us something happened. It says, notice it says that the earth was form and void, meaning without anything, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. There was no light. It was just dark. And that's, that's all there was. Now I want you to see what happens next. It says, and this is where we see, and we're introduced to the Spirit of God. It says, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. It's interesting. The Bible is, is God's revelation to us of himself. And he didn't get past the second verse before he introduced us to one of the characters, one of his, one of his, uh, one of his, uh, the persons of his, uh, of, of the Godhead. He introduces us to the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, the Holy Spirit, can I say this, is not, a, is, is not a power. It, it's not just some kind of power that moves around and, and the, the Bible calls him He. 
It gives him personhood. The Bible says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And he can feel pain, emotional pain. Those are uh, he can, we can have a relationship with him. Listen, can I? Can I can, we we need to understand this. It's not just kind of some fantasy ghost out there. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. He has a will, he has a desire, just like the Father does and the Son does, and they all work together and are together as God in one. First John says, says there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. So we're introduced to him here in this dark place. It says the Spirit of God moved Upon the, upon the face of the waters. Now the word moved uh, uh, doesn't mean that he pushed it. It's uh, the Greek, uh, the Hebrew word means uh, uh, this, like a, a hovering or like a, like a, a hen broods her chicks. Uh, do, do you know what that means? Uh, uh, if, if you've never grown up on a farm or have not seen farm, maybe you don't. Uh, so I'll just explain it to you. Uh, so when a, when a mama hen lays some eggs, uh, she wants those eggs to hatch, she wants there to be life. Do you know what she does? She sits on her eggs. Now, nowadays, uh, uh, with all the eggs that are raised for, uh, for, for, well, for you and I to have scrambled eggs, and uh, they're not typically fertilized a lot of times. So, but, but that doesn't, Mama Hen doesn't know that, so she'll brood over those eggs, even though there'll never be any life in them. In fact, it can be a problem for people, for, for farmers who are trying to gather the eggs because she's very protective of those eggs. You've got to be careful. Uh, uh, but, but if those eggs are fertilized, uh, she'll, she'll sit there and she'll, she'll hunker down and she'll, she, she gets herself out. And, and the, the, she has these feathers that are on her chest. They're very, very small. And, and it actually kind of opens up and it allows her body heat to, to, to go down and, and warm the eggs. Now, we all like to snuggle, uh, snuggle up underneath a, a nice warm blanket. Well, listen, without the, the heat of her body, guess what? Those eggs will never, ever hatch. Uh, there's there's the, the necessity of the, the brooding or the hovering over those eggs for them to, to bring forth life, for there to be some kind of life there. So, well, that's just a chicken. The same way the Holy Spirit hovered over this earth, brooded over this earth, so that God could work and bring life. So that this world could be not as it is today, because this isn't what God created. This, this is a result of man's fall. So that the earth could be perfect. In fact, if you read down through the next verse, you say, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light of day, and the, the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day, and go on down reading through, uh, talks about uh, how he formed the waters, and, and how uh, he created the different animals, and uh, uh, at the right time, and uh, created man, and listen, uh, he, he created all those things, but before any of that could happen, the Spirit of God had to rest upon the earth. The Spirit of God had to rest upon the earth. If, God, if the Spirit of God had not been there in creation, there would have been no life, just as if a mother hen never brooded or sat upon the nest in her eggs. Can I tell you, without the Spirit of God, there is not life. He's there in creation. He's there in the incarnation. 
What do you mean the incarnation? The incarnation is the birth of Jesus Christ. It's, it's the coming of Christ, the first, uh, the first coming. Uh, turn with me over to, to Luke chapter 1. So that's, that's the birth of Jesus. And the angel came and they, 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 they told Mary that she was going to have a son. But, but there's something very specific that, that's prophesied in the Old Testament that's, that's mentioned in the New Testament. Listen, she never knew a man. Now, now we're, I, I know there are kids in here and we're not going to get into specifics. But as a, as a husband and a father, I know that if I'm not a part of, uh, a part of the mix, uh, my wife will, would never have born children. Now, God had his hand in it, praise the Lord. The Bible talks about how God opens and closes the womb. But, but we know the science of it. You need, a, uh, you need a, a man and a woman. There are chromosomes that come together, and, and we're not going to get any more deep into it than that. But it's absolutely necessary for life to take place unless a miracle takes place. Something that goes, a miracle is something that goes beyond the bounds of uh, physical nature, the laws of physics, uh, how, uh, out beyond science, no other way to explain it other than God did something. And listen, the only one who lives beyond the bounds of science and beyond the, the, the bounds of uh, the laws of physics, the one who created all those things is God. So when God moves and does something that, that is unnatural in this world, it is a miracle. Luke chapter 1 verse 35, if you would, uh, turn over there with me. I stopped turning, I should have kept turning. In this passage, the angel has appeared to Mary to tell her that she was going to have a son. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd be kind of questioning things. If uh, I'm sure, and, and she does uh, question some things. Let's start. Let's start reading. It says, uh, verse twenty-six. And in the sixth month, the, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the and the virgin's name was Mary. Notice in that verse, it's twice mentioned that she is a virgin. There are other, there are other, there are other versions of Scripture that will take that word for virgin and change it to young maid. But there's a point here that Luke was, was making, that this was the fulfilling of the prophecy of the Old Testament that a virgin was going to conceive. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled. And I guess I would be too. If I saw a, an angel in my bedroom in the middle of the night, I'd think that there was something wrong. Uh, I would be troubled in mind. And even though he said, thou art, Blessed art thou, they're highly favored. She's concerned. She's troubled. She's worried. Well, she's afraid. It says, Troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou, hast, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. What she's hearing is, him, in verse 33, And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, uh, forever, and of his kingdom shall there be no end. Listen, there was prophecy given to David in the Old Testament, and this was the fulfillment of the prophecy. As, as, a, as, a, young, as a young Hebrew girl, she's heard these prophecies, she's heard these truths, she knows that one day there's going to be a Messiah, and now she has an angel in the middle of the night waking her up saying, 
saying, hey, listen, you're going to be, give birth to the Messiah. You're going to have a child. Then said Mary unto him, and here she's going to ask him a question. How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? How is this possible? Uh, I, I'm not, I'm, she didn't say, uh, I'm, I'm not married. Because we all know that, well, sometimes people will break the law of God. And the Bible, even though the Bible says that that the, that the that that relationship, that sexual relationship is for husband and wife and is, is called fornication outside of a marriage. She says, I've never known a man. Meaning, not I've never been married, but I've never had that intimate relationship with a man. So how is it possible that I could bear the Messiah? Verse 35. And the angel, the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee, just like, just like the Holy Spirit overshadowed the, the earth back in Genesis chapter 2, uh, the Holy Spirit here is going to overshadow, rest, brood over her. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Listen, I want you to understand what happened. It wasn't that she was going to have an intimate relationship with the third person of the Godhead. It's that the Holy Spirit was going to come and rest upon her just like he did the, the earth and, and was going to move in her and, and create a miracle. And listen, Without this miracle, it wouldn't have been the God-man, Christ Jesus. It would have been just a man. We talk about Joseph being his earthly father. No, he was his earthly stepfather because the father was the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he, that Jesus Christ was the only begotten of the father. He's the only one that, that, the, that the Holy Spirit moved upon. Any, any woman, listen, we are, we, we are begotten of God. We're saved. We're not, not begotten. We're, we're saved. We're, we're adopted. That was the word I was trying to say. We are, we are adopted of God, but Jesus Christ was begotten. We are made alive by the Holy Spirit, but not in the same way. Can, can, I, can I tell you something? Without the Holy Spirit resting upon Mary and moving upon Mary, there would have been no Jesus Christ to die on the cross. He was fully God and fully man. The Bible says in Philippians that he set aside his glory, that he could humble himself to become a servant, and that he might humble himself even to the death on the cross, where he died a, 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 a criminal's death. But he was innocent. He was, he was perfect. He was pure. Well, how could he be pure on this earth? The Bible says we're all born of the sin nature. Because he wasn't born the same way you and I were. How could he be tempted yet without sin? Because he was man. And he was yet God. In him, the Bible says, dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. According to John chapter 1, the, the word who was God and was with God became flesh. All of this because the, the shadow of the, of the Holy Spirit overshadowed, rested, or brooded upon this woman. I, I, I was so grateful for the work of the Holy Spirit. We, many times we don't think about the Holy Spirit, and the truth is many times Baptists are afraid of the work of the Holy Spirit. But without the Holy because because there are people that will take the, that work of the Holy Spirit and they will twist it, and they will, or they will focus upon it and make it bigger than it is. But we need the Holy Spirit, amen? Without the Holy Spirit, we would be in trouble. Without the Holy Spirit, there would not have been creation. Without the Holy Spirit, there would not have been the incarnation. And, and beyond that, can, can I say this? Uh, there also would not have been the resurrection. What do you mean by that? Remember, Jesus died and, and laid in that, in that tomb for three days. 
Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. And Jesus said he had the power to lay down his life. But he also had the power to raise it up again. But he had that power because the Spirit of God rested upon him. Look at verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit, of, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But, verse 11, if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Because the Spirit of God dwells in us, we can be quickened just like Jesus Christ was quickened because the Spirit of God was in him. Uh, listen, to, uh, un understand what's going on here. Uh, the Spirit of God worked in uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ because the Spirit is life. Without the Spirit of God, there is no life. That's why when Brother Troy read that verse back, back two or three years ago, I don't remember how long, it's been a while, brother. He read that verse and it got stuck there, that the Spirit there was, was, was moving, and without the moving, there would be no life, there would be no creation. And listen, without the Spirit, there was no incarnation. Without the Spirit, there's no resurrection. Listen, without the Spirit, there's, there's no salvation. Because the Spirit is life. The Spirit is life. Before we get to salvation, I'm getting ahead of myself. Without the Spirit, there is no inspiration. There is no inspiration. I don't know about you, but I, I love the Word of God. If you love the Word of God, lift it up if you can. Sometimes you can't lift your arms up. Make sure you, uh, one of my favorite things to hear is the rustling of the pages. As I say, turn to it. Right? It's one of the most beautiful sounds. Why? Because you're able to read and to study. And to, to, and this, this book has more to, to, for us than anything else that this world has to offer. Is we can find in this book. If you need it, it is here. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. You should all know this passage. It says, all scripture is given by what? Inspiration of God. The word inspiration means this, God breathed, the breath of God. Say, well, what, that, what does that mean? have to do with the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the, the breath. The, 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 we see many times a picture of air moving or the wind moving. Uh, looking at Acts, Acts chapter 2, it talks about the, the, the wind, the mighty wind that came in. It's a, it's a picture of the Holy Spirit. In fact, go back into Genesis, we're talking about creation, when, when it says God formed a man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. It didn't mean he started breathing. Listen, I've done CPR on a whole lot of people, and I, I've never once done mouth to mouth, by the way. That's just gross. I am serious. As a paramedic, I was a paramedic for 17 years. I have done, I have done chest compressions. I have intubated people. I have, I've, I've, but I have never once done mouth to mouth because that's just nasty. It's gross because when you're doing CPR on somebody who's, who has died, guess what? Everything you put in them comes right back out. You know how many times I've seen somebody doing CPR vomit? I, my mouth ain't getting it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm making a march, march. 
It's like, uh, 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 I ain't putting my mouth anywhere near that. That's, that's, that's nasty. We, we've got things for that. It's called a bag valve mask. <laughs> I, I don't have to put my mouth over that. But listen, the Bible says God breathed into man the breath of life. He wasn't talking about air. There was already air. There were animals walking around with life. What he was talking about, man became a living soul, not a living being. There was something more to man than, than the rest of creation. Uh, yes, uh, he, 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 he spoke everything into existence, but when he made man, he made man special. He gave us life. Man is a, a, above all other nature. Why? Because man, God made us so that we could have fellowship with him, so that we could have a relationship with him. And for that, we needed to be a living spirit. When Adam and Eve ate of that tree, they didn't die physically. Do you know what died? Their spirit. Why? Because they'd sinned against God. A thrice holy God. They disregarded what he had said. Whether Eve was deceived, Adam was not deceived. He knew what he was doing. I don't know why he did it. Stupid Adam took a bite of that fruit. And he died that day. While well, he lived many hundreds of years and, 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 and fathered children, and, and we know that he, he sought after God. He taught his children to seek after God. That's why Abel created a set, went forth and sacrificed. And this we also know that, there was, that there, was, there was forgiveness and God covered them. But there was a result of the sin that day uh, on that earth. And the Bible says because of Adam, death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Because of Adam's sin, we all died that day. We were all born spiritually dead. I, I, I've seen children born uh, in it's, it's a beautiful thing, uh, sometimes a little scary thing, sometimes a kind of gross thing. But it's a beautiful thing to see the birth of life. But can I tell you more greater than that is when a soul comes alive. When someone is saved, when the Holy Spirit does a work in them, listen, that is life. Without the Spirit, there is no life. Back to the point, inspiration. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Life, God breathed, God moved, God gave the very words to, uh, of this book. Listen, there are those that believe that this is just a book. Lots of words, even some good truths. But they, they don't believe that it's inspired. Listen, God gave to the, the writers of this book, and it wasn't written by one man. It was written by over 40 men over thousands of years and in all kinds of uh, different locations and different times and different circumstances. Uh, many, uh, some of the things that happened in this book uh, were prophesied hundreds of years before. And listen, it's historically accurate. It's, it's an amazing book. But beyond all that, it's God breathed. Now, there are some that believe in revelation, that, that God reveals himself to, to man. Uh, and, and, and revelation is true. God does reveal himself to man. We, we just read about it in Luke chapter 1 where, where God revealed himself to Mary. And that wasn't a, uh, she didn't read that somewhere. Uh, she didn't have a copy of Luke uh, to go back and read. Her, Luke hadn't been written yet. Uh, uh, what did she have? She had the revelation of God unto man through an angel. And there are others that, 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 still, that, that believe that God still speaks that way. But God's done even more than that. He inspired his word. He inspired, he inspired uh, 
Abraham and Moses and, and, and all the other, uh, all the other authors of, of this book over all those years to, to, to put this thing together. It, it's amazing how it, it, it comes together like a puzzle. Uh, you know what, it, what that's like? It'd be like all of us going home and cutting out a shape, not talking to anybody else about what, uh, what we were cutting out and bringing it together and putting together an absolutely gorgeous puzzle that, uh, of the cross. And I don't know how that happens. It's God inspired. God put it all together. You see, well, we're talking about the Bible. There's no life in the Bible. I, I would like to disagree with you. Hebrews chapter 4, if you would. Hebrews chapter 4. We all know this passage. The Word of God. We're going to look at verse 12. For the word of God is quick. That does not mean fast. Now, it's not talking about fast as in uh, uh, you boys can probably run fast. Have you ever tried to race to see who was faster? <laughs> I don't know if you have, but he says it's him. <laughs> it, it, would, it was never me, by the way. I was never fast. It's not talking about speed. It's not, it's not talking about how, uh, how quick you can read it. Or, uh, the word quick there is, or to be quick, it means to be made alive. It's talking about there's life in this word. There's life in this word. And this word uh, can do things in you and do things to you and change you that nobody else can. They say, uh, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. These words can change your life. They can take you uh, from the deepest and the darkest uh, 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 of sin, and they can cleanse you and sanctify you. We just talked about the, the prayer of Christ where he prayed that, that God would sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. We are washed and regenerated by the word, uh, the water of the word of God. Can I tell you, there is life and there is power in the word of God. And listen, why? Because it's the word of God. It isn't just some book that some, some teachers or preachers wrote. It isn't something that was put together by man, but it's put together by God for you and for I. Now let's keep reading. It says, says there, it says, uh, verse 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I don't know about you, but I, I like some, I love old weapons and t things like that. There's a show out there where they they make knives and swords. I've only seen a couple of the episodes. I don't really watch a, watch a whole lot of it. In fact, I don't even have that, that channel. We don't have any channels. I just I've seen a couple of the episodes. It's amazing how how some of those things are the damage that those swords can do. Where they chop right, man. I've seen them. They put these ballistic dummies with. It's really. For, for you guys, it's really cool. For you young guys, it's awesome. Uh, they put they put uh, like blood sacks in them. It's not real blood. It just looks like it, and and, and bones and stuff because they want to simulate the damage that a sword can do. And they'll come have somebody come along with this big broad sword and hack into it, and the, the head almost fall off, and it goes down through. Listen, that's that's a two that's a two edged sword. But the word of God is sharper and different. It's not used to just hack. Because a, a, a hacking weapon is one that destroys. But can I tell you, the word of God wasn't given to us to destroy us. Let's talk about a more finely tuned instrument. The Bible actually says what it does. Yes, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It's not just talking about how it can destroy us, but it, it separates our soul and our spirit, and it gets right down in there. And listen, it's more like a scalpel than anything else. 
This Holy Spirit of God can use the Word of God to, to, to get down to your spirit and speak to you about this and about that, about this sin and about that iniquity, about that rejection of God and this rejection of His Word. And, and listen, He can cut and He can divide and He can remove and He can sanctify you. What? With His Word! Because it's powerful and alive. And listen, it talks to you, and it talks to you, and it talks to you, and it talks to the entire world. They're, they talk about uh, how we're, we should all be relevant. Can I tell you, the Word of God is relevant to every generation, to every nationality, to every person who was ever born alive on this earth. The Word of God is alive for them and can affect them in the same way. Why? Because it's God-breathed. Thessalonians, Paul writes to the people. It's not in my notes, so I don't know the exact verse. He writes to the people of Thessalonica to the church. He talks about how they came to them and how they preached to them. He says, you received us, received it as it was in truth, the word of God. Most of the time we treat this like another book. We go get our self-help books, we'll read that, we'll do all this... This is the word of God. Going back to 2 Timothy, this word of God is, is profitable for absolutely everything that we might need. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. I mean, it's good for us, for doctrine, for those things that we're to believe about God, who he is and what he has done. Uh, the, the believe about salvation and, and, and about, about, the, uh, about our, our future, about mankind, uh, anything. The word of God has that truth here that we can study and find out for ourselves. I don't need to go and, and watch the news to find out about the nature of man. Listen, uh, the Bible already told me that I'm sinful and that the world is sinful. I don't need to watch them burn down the cities on TV to tell me that the world is wicked. I already know it. But not only is it good for doctrine, it's good for reproof. That's that conviction. Where God speaks to you and says, listen, oh, well, this isn't just about the nature of man, this is about you. Listen, there's nothing that can speak to your heart more than the word of God. Nothing that can convict you more than the word of God. It's good for reproof, for, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. I mean, this is the way you're going. Let me show you the right way. For instruction, this is the way I would have you to walk. For instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be perfect. Not as in I don't ever make a mistake. It means mature. That may be spiritually mature. Not carnal, not, not worldly Godly, holy, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God's word is there that I might be able to do anything that God calls me to do. It will prepare me and provide for me. Listen, when, uh, when God called me to preach, I, I had the same thought as Abraham or as, as Moses did. I can't talk. God said I made your tongue. I'd already read that argument between him and, him and Moses. I, 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 I already had the answer. Whatever excuse that I could come up with, God says, and somebody, somebody asked me, when, when, you, when the church was getting ready to vote uh, for me, I had people ask me, a couple of people asked me this, are you ready to be the pastor of this church? And my answer was no. But whatever God calls me to do, if that's his will, God will prepare me and provide me everything I need. And, any, and the truth is, if anybody could come and say, yes, I am ready and prepared, 
the pride will be the fall. Because God will throw something in front of you and say, well, you weren't quite ready. <laughs> not, we're human. We're only, we're only, God can only work in us. So, so we see here that the, the, the Spirit of God moved in creation, and the Spirit of God moved in incarnation and in the resurrection, and the Spirit of God it moved in the inspiration of Scripture. And not only that, not only did he inspire it, but listen, I just got to say this, he preserved it too. We still have it. It's not just in the originals. Uh, back, back the, 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 uh, has anybody ever read the originals? The original, the, the Textus Receptus, the, 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 the Bible was, I haven't either. But I still have the word of God. Amen? Do not, do not allow yourself to be fooled into thinking that you have part of the word of God. Psalm chapter, one, uh, Psalm chapter uh, 12, verses 6 and 7, it says, Thy words, just turn over there, it's better to hear from God's word than... God's word than to hear from me. Psalm chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. The words of the Lord are pure words, a silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times. Why? Well, because they're inspired. It goes on to say, Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. It wasn't just for the people of Israel, but it was for us, for, for every generation, forever. We have the word of God. Uh, they, were, they were inspired and they were preserved, and I, I praise God for it. But not only do we have the word of God in creation and incarnation and inspiration, but we have, it in, in, uh, we have it in regeneration. Without the moving of the Holy Spirit, there would be no life. And when I say regeneration, that is what I'm talking about. There is no life, with, there is no regeneration without life. John chapter 3, you've heard it preached many a time, you must be born again. We're going to read a couple of verses here, John chapter 3, verses uh, 5 through 8. It says, Jesus, saith unto, Jesus answered, and he's talking to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the Spirit is or of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Verse 8 says, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Listen, every child of God has at some point had the Spirit of God work in you to quicken you. The word quickness to make you alive. Why? Because you were spiritually dead. We talked about that. When Adam sinned, he died spiritually. And because of Adam's sin, we were all born, although alive, breathing, with our eyes open and able to talk and carry on. Well, you weren't carrying on a conversation when you were born. But you learned to anyways, amen? And sometimes we still can't carry on a conversation. But, but, but even though we're, we're all born and with, with physical life, God gives us spiritual life at this new birth. But if you don't have it, there's no life. What did Jesus say? He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. Jesus, Jesus himself said, Marvel not, ye must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. There must be a spiritual regeneration in your life. Without it, there's no life. There are many people that go around that claim to be Christians. That they change the way they talk, they change the way they dress, they change the things that they do, but inside they never change. So why is that? How could that possibly be? Now, I cannot see anybody's heart. Uh, but there are many out there that, that while they, uh, just like Judas, while he walked with Jesus and, and, and all the other disciples and heard all the same truth, 
He was never saved. He was never a child of God. John chapter 17, he was the one Jesus talked about having lost because he was never a child of God. There was no spirit, there was no spiritual birth. Turn over to John chapter 20, verse 22. Jesus is talking to the eleven. Here, Judas is already gone. Jesus has been crucified. He has, he has revealed himself to his disciples after his resurrection. Verse 20 says, When he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side, showing them the wounds from the nails and from the, from the spear. Then, they were the, then were the disciples glad when they saw him. Uh, you know why he showed them? Because they were scared to death. <laughs> It says that in the next verse, or the, the, the previous verse. It says, for fear. They, they assembled for fear of the Jews. Then came Jesus stood in their midst and said, peace be unto you. Listen, any time in the Bible God tells you to be, to be at peace, it's because they weren't at peace. They were afraid that the Jews were going to come and get them. And here they see this, this vision, or well, they saw Jesus, but they, 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 they didn't know what they were seeing for sure until he showed them his hands and his side. Go on reading in verse, verse, uh, verse uh, 20. It says, When he had so said, he showed him his hands inside. Uh, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. I'm getting ahead of myself. We see the Spirit of God in creation. We see the Spirit of God in Christ's incarnation and in his resurrection. We see the Spirit of God moving in the inspiration of the Word of God. We see it in, our, in the regeneration of every child of God. We also see the, the Spirit of God moving in God's dedication of his, of his servants. His dedication of his servants. Notice verse 22. He's, get, he's here speaking to the eleven. He's revealed to them that, he's, that he has revived. Notice what he says in verse 20, 21. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Again, the, the breath is a, the picture of the Holy Spirit. What has he just done? He is dedicated to these men, that their lives were to be the propagation, the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's given them the Holy Spirit that they could go forth. And, and, and listen, he, we, I, I, yes, I know in Acts chapter 1, uh, he, he tells them to go back and to wait until the Holy Spirit comes down. And uh, because at that point in time, the Holy Spirit would, there's a difference between the, the, the resting upon and the, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit didn't, uh, did not indwell us until, uh, until after uh, Christ went up to heaven. And the Bible says he had to leave before the Holy Spirit could come. But at this point in time, he breathed unto them and the Holy Spirit rested on them. And as he consecrated them or dedicated them for the service of reaching the world for Christ. Now, why do I say all this? Because the moving in the Spirit, every time it has moved, it has affected this world from beginning until end. 
Listen, when, when the Holy Spirit moved in creation, we still feel the effects of that cre- of, the, of, the, of, of the work of the Holy Spirit today, right? We, we are living and breathing on this earth. There would be no earth without the moving of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit moved uh, in creation. He moved in the incarnation of Christ. If there had been no moving of the Holy Spirit, uh, she, she would, uh, Mary would not have borne that child in that way. Uh, he would not have been God-man, uh, the, the, the God-man. Uh, he could not have died for our sins. We'd still be lost and on our way to hell. Without the moving of the Holy Spirit upon those men, the writers, the authors of the, of the of the Bible, listen, we would have a book. We would not have a living, breathing word that can cut and change and give life. If we did not have the whole moving of the Holy Spirit, there would be no regeneration. And listen, you can be saved. And if you're, if you're not saved, you can be saved. And I, I praise God that, that the Holy Spirit rested upon me and hopefully rested upon you. And, and you are born again. And you do have new life. And you do have new hope. That just like Jesus rose from the dead, you can raise to all because of the Holy Spirit and here in this verse he sent out the disciples and he gave them the Holy Spirit and let me tell you in Acts chapter 1 verse 22 we Acts chapter 2 we see what the Holy Spirit did when when Peter preached Pentecost happens see well that was back then it's over 2,000 years later we are on another continent still preaching the same truth can I tell you that the moving of the Holy Spirit is still good today? We're still feeling the effects of it. And listen, God, people are still getting saved and, 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 and turning their lives over to God and them, consecrating themselves unto God. And God is still working and using and moving. And he's not done yet. And listen, we can look around and, uh, man, our world is a mess. Our politics are falling apart. And, uh, uh, no matter which system you follow, uh, it's, it's, it's a mess. Uh, uh, we have people in the streets burning down our cities. And uh, listen, it, it's a mess. And, and listen, let's not get, uh, get un- uh, confused. Listen, there is racial hatred out there. I'm not, I'm not going to, we can, you cannot deny that. There is a reason people are upset, because they're treated like <laughs> We can, we can, we can step, stand back and say, oh, we're holier than thou. Listen, we need to be careful. We live in a sin-fallen world. And people are treated differently because of their skin color, because of the amount of money they have in their pocket, because of the, the, the side of the town they come from. They're treated, treated poorly for all kinds of different reasons. So I've never treated anybody that way. Praise God. But it's all around us. Can I tell you, our world meets Christ. Because in Christ, we're all one. The answer isn't fixing the world. You can't fix the world. It's fallen. I don't care who you vote for. They're not going to fix the problem. The Democrats were in charge for, for, for forever. Now the Republicans are in charge. They still haven't fixed it. Guess what? They're not going to. You know who's going to fix it? Jesus Christ. When he comes down and reigns from Jerusalem for a thousand years. We need the moving of the Holy Spirit for our everyday life. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 says, If you live in the Spirit, and if you're a Christian and a child of God, you're living in the Spirit. You're only alive because of the Spirit. If you live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. 
And if you walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We need the Spirit in our everyday life. And can I tell you, we need the Spirit of God in our church. The whole reason that we come here is to bring honor to to God's name, to glorify him, to, to fellowship with one another, and be the church. You cannot be the church in your home Watching me on watching me online. Now, don't get me wrong. I understood why we why we had to shut down for a little while, but I'm sorry. You cannot. We, the church is a called out body of believers assembled together. Praise God, we can assemble a hundred people in this room now. Well, as many as we can fit in legally. Guess what? If it gets to a hundred, I might just close my eyes and not count. That's online. I've heard. Yeah, I'll count. I promise. They're all. Everybody's watching. Understand what I'm saying. We, if we're, just a, if we're just a group of people that comes together, we're just a club. You can join the Elks Club. There's all kinds of other clubs. You know what we need? We need the Holy Spirit. And while he dwells in each and every one of us as children of God, he doesn't control all of us. I'm not, I'm not watching any of your life. I'm not following you around. I'm not talking about anybody in particular. But you know if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And more importantly, others around you know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So how do you know? Because back in Acts chapter 6, Jesus told the church when they were looking for, looking for new deacons, new people to, 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 to serve, he said, choose you out seven men full of the Holy Ghost. How could they know if they were full of the Holy Ghost if they couldn't see it in their lives? So here's a question. When those around you look at you, do they see the Holy Spirit working through you? Do they see the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Or do they see you get angry? Lose your temper. They hear you complain about every every trial that we're all going through. Listen, we're all going through trials. Trials and temptations, we, we all face it. We all, we all have people cut us off. We all have bad things happen to us. And that's life. It's a whole lot worse in other countries. And it was a whole lot worse back in Paul's day. Have you ever read the things that he went through? The stonings and the, the, the shipwrecks. and All while he was in the center of the will of God. You would think that God would have like laid out this golden pathway that he could just walk his way to Rome or been carried there on a, on a, on a beautiful golden horse and, because that was God's will for him. Oh, he's, he's doing God's will. No, it was hard for him. He was stoned on the way and left for dead. They, they, they had, there were many plots to kill him where he had to, to escape. Uh, he was let down out of a window uh, by a rope in a basket. I hope you're holding on to the rope, folks. Uh, and so he didn't drop and die. Listen, he was beaten many times, thrown in prison many times, all while serving the Lord. But you know what you don't read about? Him complaining, him quitting, him getting angry. Losing his temper? If anybody had a reason in their flesh to, to do that, he did. Do you know why he didn't? And listen, I'm not saying Paul was perfect. But you know why he didn't? He was full of the Spirit. Do you know how, how I know he was full of the Spirit? Because, because in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit separated him out to go and, plant, to, to go and preach the gospel. 
Are you walking in the Spirit? So I don't need the Spirit. <laughs> That's called walking in ignorance. Well, so we can do the two things with the Spirit other than let Him control us. We can grieve Him and we can quench Him. To grieve the Spirit is to do something that, 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 that literally injures the Spirit. Not only physically, just the Spirit. You can't physically injure, but emotionally, right? What happens if you do something and you injure that relationship that you have with your spouse? Have you ever gotten the silent treatment? The Holy Spirit will do that too, but in a more holy way. Because we, we tend to react in our flesh. But the, but the Spirit will, will be silent. Wondering why you've been reading the Bible and it's been hard to hear from God? Maybe it's just time to, to go back and look and say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. Because the truth is, just like the people in the book of Judges, we do that which is right in our own eyes. And we're doing right, as far as we can tell. But we're not doing right according to God's way. We're doing right according to our way. And our way just might be grieving God. We can also quench the Spirit. It's like throwing cold water on a fire. The Spirit begins to work in you or in or someone else, and, and you do something to quench that work. Listen, churches do that all the time. We can do it with our tradition. Some of the greatest meetings I've church services I've ever been to were what I say led by the Spirit. What I mean by that, uh, they, they didn't necessarily follow the protocol of three songs, prayer, preaching, invitation, and out the door. We get so caught up in doing the same thing every time. If we do it differently, we get upset about it. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to sing three songs. I'm not saying it's wrong to do things the same way. God, our God is a God of order. But if the Holy Spirit leads in a different way, and I've been there, I've been in church services that have lasted four and five hours. And nobody was complaining. I'm not saying that you should, be, that you should or shouldn't complain. Well, you shouldn't complain because the Bible says we're not to murmur. But I'm not, I'm not saying that a four-hour service is more spiritual than a one-hour service. It all has to do with the Spirit of God. One of my favorite uh, studies in revival, and it's, it's the, the revival of the Isle, on the Isle of Lewis. In fact, if, I, I encourage you to, to look it up on YouTube and listen to the, to the accounts of it by those that were there. It's back in the early 1900s. The two women, sisters, blind and, and couldn't get out of the house, and they began to pray for revival. They had a, a concern for the church and for, for, for the, the people on their island uh, because the young people were, were going out in the carousing and drinking and dancing and, and getting in all kinds of trouble, and, and they were concerned about that. And, and at the same time, there was a group of men in, in one of the churches that were beginning to pray and ask God to do something to bring revival because they were concerned about the, the, the island. And, and one of the, the, 
the first thing that happened was that group of men, the leaders in the church, uh, they, they came and they were meeting in a barn one day for prayer. And one of the, one of the young men got up and he quoted a passage of scripture and it says, uh, uh, it says, uh, who shall dwell upon the holy hill, uh, he that hath clean hands and a, a pure heart. And he began to pray. He said, God, are my hands clean? Is my heart pure? And he immediately felt their conviction. And the Spirit of God swept, swept through that place and they were all confessing their sin. It's easy to look at somebody else's sin and say, we need revival. But they finally came to a place and they said, I need revival. And the Spirit of God, just to show what he was going to do in the future, moved amongst those men and they, man, God began to work in them and change them and prepare them for what was about to happen. Those two ladies that I talked about, they were there continuing to pray. God laid upon one of their hearts to reach out to a, a, a preacher. Uh, his name is... Uh, I can't remember his name. I don't remember his name. Anyways, he was famous at the time. I was traveling all over the place. And they reached out to him and they said, could you come and please, we, uh, we, we, need, we need revival here. Would you come please preach to us? And he said, I'm sorry, I'm booked. He goes, if I, if I, got a cancel, if I had a cancellation, I'd come. That day he got a phone call from, uh, from uh, one of the places he was supposed to be. They were canceling. There was a, a bout of illness that was going through the community. They said, we, we don't need you. And he said, okay. I'll come. He got on a boat and he went over to, to, to the Isle of Lewis and, and he gets off the boat and he's met by the pastor. It's late in the, it's late in the evening and, he, and the pastor said, could you please come to the, to, the, to the church and preach? There's a group of people that are there. And his testimony is, he says, I was tired. I just wanted to go home. But I said, okay, let's go see what's going on. He goes, I didn't have anything prepared. I wasn't ready. But he went, and there was a group of, the, the church was full of people that were already praying for revival. And he began to preach. People got saved. People gave their hearts to Christ. He preached for hours. It was getting late, like 1, 2 in the morning. And he was ready to call it quits. He went to the pastor. He says, I, 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 I think we're, we're coming to an end. He says, who's going to preach to them? And they went outside. And there was a crowd of young people. I'm not making this up. You can look it up for yourself. The stories were that they were at the bars, that they were at the dance clubs, they were out doing the thing. And the Spirit of God fell right where they were. And the conviction they left. And they went to the one place they knew that they could meet with God. And they went to church. But they couldn't get in because the seats were full. So he stayed all night preaching. And can I tell you, for, he was there for months going from one church to another church, and the entire island saw, saw people that, that, that gave their lives to Christ, that, are, that their families are still serving God. Hundreds of young people gave their, uh, gave their lives to Christ and are now preaching or, or then preaching. Uh, all why? Because the Spirit of God moved. I, I love the way he says it. He says it in this, this Scottish brogue, and I can't, I can't copy it. I wish I could. It's in the, the recording, he says, And God stepped down. What happened? 
the Spirit of God came and rested upon that place. God moved, and there was life. There were life in those that were saved because they got, or those that were lost because they were born again. There was new life or a reviving of life in those that were, that were saved but had needed revival. Can I tell you, that is what we need today. That is what we need today. We want national revival. We need people who have a heart and a desire to see God work and God move and the Holy Spirit of God come and rest because I can tell you it's not going to happen because we, we scheduled some meeting or brought in some special speaker. I love the Thren family. Brother Thren is a great preacher. That's not revival. Revival is when the Holy Spirit meets with us and it has lasting effects. We can all get caught up in a meeting and emotionalism. But lasting effect is lives changed and given over to the Lord and people walking in the truth that we're walking in darkness. Real revival isn't a flash in the pan. Real revival is fed by the oil of the Holy Spirit that goes on and on and on and on. Just like we had, we saw the incarnation and the work of the Holy Spirit from Genesis, he works all the way through can I tell you, we need them now. Revelations, I'll end with this. We're not going to turn the Revelation chapter 3, the church of Laodicea, rich and wealthy, and they think that everything's going fine. But, the, but Jesus describes himself as outside the door of the church, knocking on the door of the church. He says, if any man would open the door, I would come in and sup with him. He's not talking about knocking on the door of people's hearts so that they get saved. He's talking about the knocking on the door of the church. The door of those that are blind to their nakedness and their filth and their wickedness, their sin. Those that are, 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 are deaf uh, to the need. Need a revival. Death. Those that are poor and need of good works that are only ordained of God that they should walk therein. Father God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your spirit. Lord, you are worthy of our praise. You're holy, you're just. Lord, you work in us and through us. Lord, without the Holy Spirit, we, we wouldn't even be here, Father. With uh, None of us would be saved, Father. You, you work through the Holy Spirit in us. You've given us new life, Father. We thank you for it. God, we're not done in needing you. Even if we don't know it, Lord, we need you. God, I pray that your spirit would work in us. Or there would be some emotionalism or flash in the pan, Father, kind of change in our life. But, Lord, that we might see real change. Sanctify us by your word, Lord. There's one here today that's not saved. God, I pray that, that today they would see their need of salvation, Lord, that your spirit would draw them to you, Lord. They might, by faith, come to Christ. We thank you, Lord, for all you've done. We ask that you continue to work in us. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.